I've got a couple of people joining me tonight. I've got Pastor Steve. Hello. And Pastor Wayne. What's up? The topic we are going to be talking about uh, is we're going to be just be looking at fathers. So why don't we um, jump in by just sharing, I guess it would be cool for everyone to hear, I guess your guys, um, your journey, your story um, with your father. So Pastor Wayne, why don't you start us off? Yeah, totally. Um, fathers is one of my favourite subjects um, to talk about because of God's father heart. And so I guess um, for some context, my, my dad was, um, was born and raised kind of in Taranaki and, and I was born in Wanganui. I was one of five kids, uh, second to youngest. And so um, I think it's really important to note that dad himself, like as I got older, I suddenly realised, I started to realise where he came from. And when and that makes a really big difference. But when you're young, of course, I didn't, I didn't, you don't know any of that stuff. You just grow up expecting to be raised by a dad that loves you. I knew that dad loved us, but he was angry. He was really angry. Um, he worked for the Maori Affairs, kind of eventually. But his his upbringing was very much rural. It was a pub. You know, he went straight from school to the pub and and that kind of stuff. And when he got married, mum kind of managed to convince him to get out of that. Um, and actually had a bit of a Christian experience, which didn't last that long. Um, but <laughs> and he, he eventually made it back there, right, right, you know, right the last last days, which is really awesome miracle of God. But for a lot, a lot of the time, he was angry not only at um, you know at people at life, but just at God too, because the church was very much a Pakeha church, not a Maori church. And so, um, Mum was was very Christian, Dad was very not, and so uh, we were always you know. In this, in this kind of place in between the kids. So um, because of kind of his anger, by the, the, my older brothers and my older uh, sister kind of received a lot of the brunt of that physically. I think he was quite aggressive with them. By the time it got down to me and my younger brother, he had chilled a lot, but um, he was just very, very absent. So um, although we didn't get the kind of physical beatings, it was more just this really absent dad who was just never there um, and then his voice was just angry enough to make you scared. And I think this part of the, part of the kind of um, thing that I wanted to get across is you don't necessarily have to be receiving physical beatings to feel like, you know, you really missed out on the dad thing. It's more like what he didn't do. And even the, even the fact that every time I would ask him something, Dad, can I borrow the car? You know, it was always an angry response. What's wrong with your bike? <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> it was just always, always that. It, you, I, I remember once trying to, like, um, have some fun. We got water pistols for, like, a Christmas thing, and he was out in, the, out in the patio, and I remember thinking, I can have some fun with Dad, and I squirted him and just got this angry response. You know, like, oh, I'm not a kid, you know, and, this, and, uh, and it just terrified me the whole time. So I just... And I think that's, again, it's a really important fact, uh, factor to take note of. Um, I was a really sensitive kid. Right? That's the creative side, I guess, and uh, really shy and really quiet, really different to what I am now. Um, and that's a miracle of God. Um, and so because of that, just the soft, sensitive kid with an angry dad who was just always angry, it just gave me this impression, this real super insecurity um, that just made me scared all the time. And really insecure all the time. And I, and I kind of wanted to say to, to others out there, um, it, it, it does depend on what type of person you are. If, you've, if you are that sensitive type, it doesn't mean you have to have the worst dad in the world. It just means you, have to, you just missed out on something. So um, 
Dad worked for the Māori Affairs, and so every couple of years we would move city, you know, and, and of course, um, when you're just moving schools all the time, you know, we were in several different towns. By the, uh, by the time I was 12, you know, and then we came back to Whanganui. Um, but during that time, his passion was very much for tiwi Māori, which was, you know, awesome, and we were on marais all the time. So I kind of learned that identity, kind of, but because he wanted us to, to succeed in school... He never taught us Māori at home, so because he wanted us to succeed in English, so he was very, very, very strong on us, you know, being doing doing well in English. And so, but what it did do was take away this another sense of this identity because the language is so much the identity. So now I'm kind of the sensitive kid, distant dad, and a dad is supposed to give you your identity, He's supposed to let you know who you are and where you come from. Well, there I was, just without the safety, the safety net of a dad. He's always angry with me. Um, he didn't like God. He didn't like the Pākehā church. Um, and also, he didn't, didn't teach me the language that I was supposed to be speaking. So my whole time at, at like high school was just me desperately trying to find identity, desperately trying to find someone, um, some approval, I remember just being just crying at anything. I remember mum and dad wanted to talk about, like, why don't you guys have more friends over? And I remember trying to say, well, if we had, like, a pool table, it would be more... But I couldn't even get it out because I just cried because I was just scared all the time. I mean, it's getting pretty vulnerable now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just terrified all the time. And so what it, what it, what it did, you know, later on, uh, it then led to this huge search for, or quest for approval... I just needed approval, and I found it in you know relationships and girls, and I don't really go down the drug or booze line. Mum was very anti-booze and stuff, but that was where I started to find it, both in you know what I could get out of um, relationships with girls, and then uh, music. Yeah. You know, music was really became the identity. So, um, and then that's where um, I, I that's where that kind of took me on a on a journey. Um, you know, which, which, well, not that bad, but it just, it still led to some really dumb decisions that I, you know, that I regret to this day. What I didn't realise is the effect that it would have on me later on. Yeah, yeah but before we get into that, we should probably even pass Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, phew, it's hard to know where to start. Um, I obviously don't remember this, but, um, well, the context is my dad was kind of in and out of prison when I was little and then left when I was nine. I think I saw him a couple of times and kind of through teenage years uh, and then kind of reconnected when I was 18 and that didn't go so well. So so he, again, part of his own brokenness, he was kind of addicted to gambling, so he'd steal money from work and end up uh, in prison. So I, I'm told that when I was born, I'm the oldest, that you know he never arrived to pick up me and mum from hospital because he'd been arrested, was in jail, so mum had to take find a job, find a place to live, look after us. So I feel like that kind of stuff is pretty deeply wired in. Again, I think when I was four and six, he was in prison um, and then left when I was nine. Uh, yeah, so I think for me, uh, and, and then, yeah, I met him again when I was 18. I actually lived with him for a couple of years when I was at university. That didn't go well. I was kind of like the idealistic young Christian guy and he was kind of living the middle-aged kind of free life and it was just like, uh, it, and then, um, yeah, and then being a dad, little kids, you know, I remember the last time I saw him actually went around 
we probably had a three-year-old and a one-year-old to see him after work. He was late home because he was at the pub, sitting around with my kids. And I just remember driving off like, oh, like, I'm done. And unfortunately, passive-aggressive, I never talked to him about it. That was the last time I saw him. And then actually, as a, as a pastor, I took his funeral then. But um, yeah, so it was, it was a pretty, pretty sad kind of non-existent part of me. I, I think one of the things I realized uh, in terms of impact, uh, he actually left the day after my ninth birthday. And for my ninth birthday, I got a watch. And I remember coming over from school, my brother saying, hey, mum wants to talk to you, going up and see my mum in her room. She was a bit upset and saying, oh, dad's gone. And literally the very first thought was just totally logical, like I'm going to need to sell my watch. Which now as an adult looking back, like, man, that is not, something was already pretty deeply wrong that that's my first thought. And, and I think that's the deeply wired thing, like, oh, there's no one there to look after you. You've got to look after yourself. You've got to make a way for yourself. So this independence, which then also came out as anger, like pushing people away, but don't trust anyone, don't get, let anyone get close. And also a bit like Wayne, I, I remember I was kind of scared of men. Again, I felt like I didn't know how to relate in that male world. My brother was into rugby, but I wasn't. I remember staying at a, a boy's uh, home overnight, uh, you know, um, nine years old, and when his dad came home, it was like I was just terrified. I was like, I'm not used to males in my world. So, yeah, that, uh, that was kind of my story. It's kind of was a bit redeemed, probably a bit like Wayne becoming a dad. Again, I was probably a bit hard in the early years with my kids, but softened up. And now I feel like, yeah, I'm doing a pretty good job as a granddad. But it's like, and I, and I love seeing how my kids are parenting, and particularly how my son's being a dad. It's like, oh, we've actually changed something. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for opening <laughs> us up here. And um, you know, I know many watching you, some of you are watching got great dads and such a blessing. But um, I know in New Zealand, um, they're actually in many ways hard to come by, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But um, I guess, like, for me growing up, I actually, you know, the older I get, the more appreciation I have for my father. My mum and dad were split up when I was a kid uh, before I could remember. And so as a kid, teenage years, sometimes you have those thoughts of, why isn't dad around so much and stuff? But I look back and see the effort dad did make. And I guess the older I've got and the more of appreciation I've got of actually the effort. It's easy to look at what dad couldn't do or what dad didn't do. But the older I've got and for me, my journey has been actually recognizing the effort he has gone through uh, for our kids. And um, I guess kind of where it would be good to just go with the conversation is obviously um, – your father's had a big impact, I guess, in your mentality, your thinking, the way it affected your life. Also, I'd be keen to, for you to just share a little bit about, and just start by sharing how it affected, yeah. I guess, your world. But also, even if you want to unpack, you know, God has used, one of the images for God is a father. It's a very yeah. strong image we find in the Bible. God chooses to identify with that nature. But for those who haven't had a great father experience, that word doesn't always carry... Yeah. Um, real positive, good kind of feelings. And in fact, um, you know, for many, that word father is one that's hard to connect with. But when you understand the, the, what a father really is and what God's really trying to portray by that imagery, it's this great loving thing. But, yeah, do you want to just unpack how that affected both you personally but even your relationship with God and how, how that whole dynamic came into yeah, play? Yeah, no, hard out. Um, 
interesting because because when I was fourteen, I became a Christian. I went with Mum to our local Baptist church and um, gave my heart to God. But that exact thing happened to me. My my um, my idea of God came from my idea of Dad, which is um, it's supposed to be a good thing, but instead because I just thought Dad was angry all the time. I immediately thought God was angry all the time. So when I did something wrong, I, would, I, I was terrified of dad. So I wouldn't go to own up. One time he caught me smoking in the house. And like I had a lit smoke in my, ha- in my hand, nobody else in the house. And he was like, whose is that? And I was so terrified to answer him that I said, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just found it here. You know, I was lit and nobody else knew. Because I was so scared if I told the truth, I was going to get punished. And so, um, and so that was my attitude when I came to God. If I tell the truth, I'm going to get punished. Wow. If I confess. So, and then that actually carried me through years of my life. Even when I got married, if I did something wrong, no, do not tell the truth. Wow. Don't tell the truth. Otherwise, you're going to get punished. When it came to then um, even submitting to spiritual covering, to pastors, the ones above, above who, who only had my good at heart. It was so hard to tell the truth because if I told the truth, I was going to get punished. And it, was a, it, was a, it took a long time to break that. And what broke it is what Steve said was when I became a dad. So when I became a dad, and this is the thing that got me. I was just blown away with how much my kids melted my heart. And I, I remember an older pastor saying to me once, man, I think 90% of your problems would go away if you just knew how much God loved you, if you knew how much he felt for you. And I just couldn't understand that until I had my own kids. And when I had them, I suddenly thought, there's nothing I wouldn't do for these kids. And because I had that kind of response, with it, I just, it was a complete absence of affection, probably more than anything else, this affection, just a dad that could just put his arms around me. I just missed that. I never had that. And so I remember making a promise to myself and to my kids, I'm going to make sure that right here is the safest place on the planet my kids and so I, I we made a call and fortunately I got really cuddly kids and so as they grew up I just we just got used to just affection 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 lots and lots of affection um and it just led to this beautiful relationship we, we have um and I and it made me realize how many kids missed out on just a safe place that, that for a dad that you could just that could put their arms around you and you feel safe for someone that grew up never feeling safe he was a safe place Um, I had an interesting experience as a young adult, actually. I um, I went and got this guest speaker guy to pray for me at a church. And when I was, he was kind of this prophetic person, which kind of gets downloads from God. He didn't know me. And I walked up to him and he said, oh, you need to... You need to forgive your father for these four things, how he's treated your mom, how he's favoured your younger brother. Can't even remember the other two, and you need to honour him. And I was like, it's like read your mail stuff. And for me, I guess that's been important to learn. Um, somehow, you know, I need, to for, I need to forgive. And that's grown with I've understand the, come to understand some of the brokenness in his life. Uh, and I need to honour and, and, and even love. But then I've learned. But trust is different. So, so on, forgiveness, honour and love is about me getting free. Trust is about him. And I'd say I forgive him, I honoured him, I loved him, I didn't trust him. Yeah. 
because I knew that he would still hurt me and hurt my mum. And so, so that's been a big thing, um, to learn that. I guess for me too, learning um, just that whole thing of this anger as a defence, pushing people away. A few years ago at Shout Conference, I think it was called Prophesy or something, I was like, man, God's going to speak to me. And then one day... Um, I felt God say, I'm going to speak to you in the morning session today. I was like, great, I'm going to go sit it right up the front. I'm going to get this. And it was Dr. Michael Maiden, and his opening line is, I'm going to talk about men's anger. I was like, oh, no. Like, seriously, God, we're going to do this now? And then he's like, if you, you know, stand up. And I was like, God, why am I angry? And it's like, it's your wall to keep independence, to push people away. And just to let, people, let the wall down and let people get close. So I think that's been a big thing. And then, and then Jesus, yeah, so Jesus said a couple of things um, kind of relevant to what Pastor Wayne said. You know, well, actually God said this to Jesus. You are my son whom I love with you I'm pleased. Just that hunger for affirmation. But then secondly, Jesus also said, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? Like, I don't have to do this all myself. Like, there is a God who's for me, who's with me, who's going to provide for me who cares for me, who orchestrates things for my good. Like that's just a massive thing. Because I guess for me, it also affected this, almost this, Pastor Wayne mentioned this thing, how it affects your view of leadership, almost this passive-aggressive thing of this weird anger and pushing leaders away, almost trying to punish dad through particularly male figures, but to go actually to trust them, they're for me, uh, and to drop the guard, drop the walls, So I guess that's been a whole journey of getting to that kind of place. God's for me. Um, I don't have to to do everything myself. And he he smiles on me and he, yeah, he affirms me. Yeah, and I mean, I pray even as we're talking that God's ministering to even your own heart about, yeah, even for me, you know, like I said, I I really appreciate my dad. Um, The older I get, the more I'm thankful for him. Um, and what he did, and there was a season where I had a stepdad there as well. <laughs> he wasn't probably, and, and again, wasn't a great example um, of this loving uh, saint. Like for me, that, that, that safe, especially my stepdad, it took me a while to understand that God is a, as a father, is a safe place that I can actually run to. Um, but, and probably the, the question next to go on to is obviously we've talked about, uh, I guess, how it affected you. And and you you've opened up how kind of God healed started the healing process. Um, both of you have kind of now also alluded to the fact you've gone on to be dads. Um, well, and and granddad. Steve's now granddads and um, maybe soon maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you're no pressure. Crazy, Amen. Josh. Amen. Yeah. Come on, Jesus, <laughs> help him, Jesus. Uh, but the role you guys have played, um, I know just in the context of our church in terms of helping raise a young generation, you both are both focused and passionate about raising young people. And Wayne, I know so many people out there would refer to you as as their father um, and you've stepped in and played that role. Can you just, I guess, talk about, I guess, yeah, it's just like, you know, your experience and then you got healed. But then there seems to be quite a conscious effort from you both now to invest invest back into making sure others kind of, if they're not getting it from their natural dad, have a, an environment that they're getting fathered in. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, just talk, uh, unpack where that kind of heart came from. Man, it's such where a... It developed. Uh, I just think it's so foundational for everybody to have, uh, you know, a, a mum teaches you, 
home and nurturing. And if you've missed out on the mum, you know, you, you, you go through life feeling like I was never nurtured. And when you're a kid, and for a dad, they're supposed to teach you how to live in the world and who you are, your identity. But, also, but altogether, it's that sense of, like I said before, safety. So having missed out on that and then learning about it and realising with my own kids, man, I can, you know, this is what I can provide for my kids. Why doesn't everybody have this? It's so important because it does give us our image of God. Um, my problem was I couldn't do it on my own strength. So there was the issue. Was I want to be this great dad, but I actually can't do it. So, um, And I remember saying, and I, I bet all of us have said this, I'm not going to be like my dad. <laughs> Growing up, I'm whatever. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not. And then, of course, we're in some argument somewhere, and all this anger comes out, and I realise, you know, you're just like your dad. Um, and and that's where I it really broke for me. I had to go to God and say, Lord, I, I you know, I want to be. I want to understand you more. I want to. But I don't want to be like Dad. How can I do this? And it was growing in my relationship with him, learning to trust, as Pastor Steve has said, learning to trust him more and more and more. Even, even that thing of learning to tell the truth, the risk I had to take to one day, I remember going to Sam and Bruce you know, one day and opening up about, um, I think it was like a finance thing. But I was shaking as I went in there. I was li- literally shaking. Because I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna get stripped of ministry. They're gonna whip me and stone me, and you know. And um and I and we opened up about this stuff, and they said, "Oh, let's get you some help." And immediately, just all this help and all this grace, and then finish up. Let's pray for you. You know, it just taught me such a huge lesson about how we can trust God. He really is safe. So now I it, it just it just said this thing into me. I'm going to display grace, the grace that I've received from God. I want to display that to others. The consistency of safety and love that will never give up on you that I've received from God. Oh man, I get emotional. That I've received from God. I want to make sure that others feel that. And that's the only thing that I've kind of kept strong in me as we see students come in every year who have missed out on that fatherly love, who've missed out on that motherly nurturing. We just want to be able to provide a place where you can be, you can see tangibly the expression of God and His Father heart. To be able to walk into someone and say, "I don't," it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. Here's a hug. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. We can work it out because that's what God does for us. So that's that's kind of the um, the heart behind it all. But but the power behind it all is really the tricky part. Going to God, constantly surrendering, so that then you can. It's not my, it's not me. Absolutely, it's not me. It's definitely what I've received from him just passing on to others. Um, yeah, I guess for me, kind of two things. One, for me, there was a whole journey because I kind of alluded, like, I don't know anything about cars. I still don't. I don't know anything about tools. I can't fix anything. And so there was a whole questioning, like, my masculinity. And so to kind of go, oh, no, I'm, I'm secure in that now, but that took a long time. Um, and and so again to speak that's that thing you know even Jesus needed the Father to go you are my son I love you I'm pleased with you and so that sense of security and identity and so I think that's what we try and do at college is really speak positively about people's identity call out their destiny call out their purpose God is always for people that idea find the treasure in the midst of the mud you know call out the gold that we see and um, we probably I mean. 
uh, Pastor Wayne's probably a lot better at that at heart. I, I feel like God's actually given me a grace to identify the gold in people's lives and to call it out. And so that's the greatest thing I can serve people. I see this gift in your life. I see this thing in your personality. You are awesome. And that's, that's, I feel like that's a God thing. God always calls out purpose and destiny and future. He never reminds you of the past. He, he makes a way forward. So good. And so, yeah, for me, that's part of what I'm trying to do that reflects the Father heart of God. Yeah, great. And it, uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm getting fathered just <laughs> sitting here. But um, I remember a time in the Old Testament, Steve, I had not long moved. I think I was quite new to Auckland, come from a smaller setting into this big setting, like, and been given different leadership opportunities, different leadership roles. And externally, I'm all right at portraying good confidence. Uh, <laughs> so my father taught me. Uh, and, and internally, obviously, we all got the insecurities in that. And I remember being up the front one day, I think I was about to go lead a service or something and being, you know, internally just this battle of like, what are you doing here? And you walked up to me and just go, I just feel God say to you, you're the leader. And then kind of walk away. And a little statement, but to me just that, even that like from a, like fathered me in so many ways, just going now that, just that affirmation, I guess, of the gift on my life. And, and I know that's the beauty of a, of a church community. Yeah, yeah, and and these surroundings because while while you know people have have great dads, but obviously no dad's perfect. But it's within the con. I've found in my life, my dad's been great, but actually, so much of my fatherings also come through my my connection to the church community. Yeah, yeah. is where people have been able to just actually play that role in my world when yeah. I've needed it. When yeah. yeah, my dad's there, but just that extra. Adding to my life has been huge. I think that's why church is so important that it's a multi generational yeah. thing. And you know, people, older people like us, like, man, we're not there just to have what we want. We're there to speak into and champion another generation. And that's what we love to see. Man, one of the most beautiful experiences I've had was down here in college. And I remember seeing it was an altar call, a ministry moment. And there were several, there were several kind of on their knees. And I knew one guy was down there feeling the guilt of, of kind of his past. And, he, and that's all he was doing. He, was just, he had just come to give it. And I know he was just feeling like I need to be punished in this. But I remember you walked across to him and then you, he did the same. He just spoke all this destiny, the opposite of what this guy was feeling right then. And I just could see it. It was like a, watching a miracle kind of happen. It was so beautiful, and and you're exactly right. It's it is what God does. He just he just speaks the opposite of what you feel like you deserve. He says, "No, I'm speaking destiny, calling you for the future." Probably a, a beautiful kind of ending to my story is in this uh, a testimony of how God can restore. Um, giving it all to God. I, when when Dad died, he died suddenly, um, and we were away at the time. So the last time I actually saw him was when we were, we had just got married and we had been on honeymoon and mum and dad came, we went to Rari for a honey, honeymoon. They came at the same time, stayed on the other side of the island. But just during this time, um, there was a real reconnection. We didn't know he was about to pass away like a, you know, a week later wow. and then or three weeks later. When we got back, my last, it was, the, it was a, kind of my first interaction as, a, as an adult to an adult and last. So when we said goodbye then from having got back from this honeymoon time, um, I hugged him and it was the 
only hug I can remember in my life. And that was the last time I saw him alive. And I felt like that was God just going, no, I've got it. I've got it. God can restore. God can restore. I think I was just thinking then part of the whole thing of the Father and Father God is like he's the origin of everything. And so the Bible talks about, you know, he planned your life before the creation of the world. So he's the one who can speak purpose. He knows what he created you for. He knows the gifts he put in your life. He's scheduled every day. And it's like to have this connection with a, with a heavenly father who is your point of origin in eternity and can speak, this is what I made you for. This is where you're going to find purpose and fulfillment. And, you know, we do want to just even speak to, you know, you watching it at home and especially for those maybe – Maybe there's similar stories, maybe your story's a bit different, but you recognise actually that there has been a lack of fathering even in your own heart. But the good thing is, well, not the good thing, but the thing you can take to heart is that understanding that God, come on, God actually can and desires to, to play that role in your life. He, 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 you know, Jesus even instructs us, pray, our Father. There's, this, there's this, this role that God actually desires to play in your life, that this Father figure... I even just pray, you know, that even as this year, you know, 2022 unfolds, come on, that you'd allow God to even start to peel back some of the layers and reveal, I guess, that, that, that true father heart to you. But I also want to speak, you know, the, the, maybe the single mums watching and, and you're raising kids and, and wondering and, you know, some of the concerns that come with who's going to father my kids. I, I want to say, man, that, that a, a God can play that role, but the church community, you know, yes, I've been definitely. so blessed by being in a church yep. community yeah. um, where there's, there's role models, father figures, there's been youth leaders, you know, alongside my own dad, but all these other male figures that have poured into my life. And even want to give some of the single mums out there a bit of confidence yeah. and, and, and a bit of assurance. Come on, that, that God's got your kids in his hands and yeah. that, that, come on, he, he can position people uh, and work through people to bring that that identity into your world. But where sure. where I just want to want to finish, I wonder if Pastor Steve would love to get you to pray for for the dads that are watching. Yeah. Obviously, every dad out there is wanting to do their best yeah. at this. Um, and I'd just love you to to pray for our dads. You're never going to be perfect. Um, you know that's the reality of it. But allow the grace of God to help you. And then Pastor Wayne, I wonder if you can close us off in prayer, just praying for those who who perhaps just need that healing when it comes to the whole concept of Father uh, and just pray for those who, who need that healing personally for, for even just their relationship with God and where they're at in, in life. So, yeah, Steve, do you want to yeah, start yeah. us off? and then Let's pray. Father, I bring to you um, every father uh, who's listening to this. I pray, God, that you would inspire them. God, that they are more than enough. God, you didn't design them to have to provide all the money and all the, all the trinkets for their kids. You just desired that they would be reliable, that they would front up, that they would be steady, that they would be safe, and that they would speak our purpose and destiny and success into their children's lives. And so I pray, God, that you would resource them just to, just to dial things up just another notch, just to take it to another level that they would inspire their children, that my dad's there for me, that I can count on, count on him, that he loves me, that he's safe, and that he believes in me. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Father, even now, I feel your Father heart, and I just pray for those with broken hearts, that um, 
that right now, Father, you would call them with a voice that, that they can hear. You Only you know how to reach everybody with a voice that they can hear. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, call them. Call them into a safe place. Lord, lead them to that place. Let them know that you are indeed safe. That there's nothing that they have done, that there's nothing that they will do that will ever turn away you and your love. Lord, show your face to them. Let them hear your soothing voice. Show them your open arms and lead them to a safe place, even right now. Lord, even navigate their way to reach out, to call somebody, to talk, to take the risk to open up. And we just know, Lord, through the village, through church, through somehow, that you are a father to the fatherless, that you are there to heal, that you are there to restore, because that is your beautiful heart for your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And hey, if you do want to reach out and chat to any of our team pastors, uh, we've got a whole team of people that would love to connect with you. So please reach out uh, if you want to talk through anything. Otherwise, we pray you have a, a great rest of the summer. Be blessed.